0: ION 2020 episode 208. Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. If you guys haven't noticed... I mean, if you listen to the show long enough, you know I'm not like a, a water carrier for Donald Trump by any means. Um, but I do like to call out hypocrisy, and I like to call out things when I see them that kind of just don't make sense to me. And over the weekend, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the, the entire way that the Ukraine thing is being presented has changed. They were talking about the quid pro quo and everything else. You guys know what I'm talking about. the The whole thing that's going on with the the conversation that Donald Trump had with the president of the Ukraine, and during that conversation, Donald Trump appears to you know hint and say, "Hey, I need you to investigate something, right? I need you to investigate something in order to get money." That's like the that's what the way that the Democrats and the way that the people that are investigating this entire incident are presenting it and what they started doing over the weekend they changed the way that it's being presented so if you remember the the quid pro quo that they were talking about was this originally they were saying that Donald Trump asked the president of the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden and everything so that it can destroy him for the 2020 election right so the quid pro quo was investigate joe biden investigate my opponent now so that and if you don't i'm not going to give you the 55 million dollars or all the all the money that that was promised and now the entire dialogue has changed because I guess some conversations that happened and so forth, and nobody talks about the 2020 election now. The entire do- dialogue has changed to Donald Trump requesting that they investigate some stuff that happened during the 2016 election with the Russians hacking the DNC server. That's the new way that they're framing the entire argument, as if that's the way that they were framing the argument the entire time. And it's weird to me that nobody on any of the news channels have said anything about, oh, well, we're going to change the way that we're presenting this now. Now they're presenting it as if it's they've been investigating this quid pro quo for the entire time based upon the 2016 election, rather than we were investigating it based upon the 2020 election and, and him requesting some interference in the 2020 election. And it just seems hypocritical to me. It seems like they're going after or they're doing things in a dishonest way but you guys know that's the case i mean this is the government it's the democrats versus the republicans and the democrats are trying to get control of the trillions upon trillions of dollars in favors that our government has and the republicans are trying to keep control or keep what control they have over the trillions upon trillions of dollars that the government has But it's just really dishonest to me that the news media has kind of changed that dialogue now. And uh, as if they never changed it. Like, there's not any reference to the hacking of the 2020 election anymore. Or the um, quid pro quo that says that you need to investigate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Like, it completely changed. And uh, it just happened over the weekend, very subtly. Nobody notices it, apparently. I mean, the Democrats that are talking about this on Capitol Hill don't reference anything about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden anymore. But I think the reason why is because they have to get the focus off of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden because that's not good for Joe Biden and his chances of election. So they have to get it focused onto something else, I guess. And so it's very easy for them to make that leap but it just seems dishonest to me it really does and uh like i like you know i'm not a water carrier for donald trump i will criticize him as much as i possibly can uh whenever i get the chance because i don't think that he does everything that's great and i'm not like looking at him through rose colored glasses by any means and i'll and i'll criticize the republicans and the democrats just as much cuz i'm a libertarian and we can kind of see things in a unbiased way we can see things through uh, neutralize and as a libertarian, you could also be a little bit more objective about the things that they're doing if they're good or if they're bad. Um, but yeah, totally just a dishonest situation. And that's the first thing I want to talk about today. But then another thing happened over the weekend. So I'm not talking about anything that's like explicitly current for Monday morning. I apologize. But um, I did want to get into one other thing that I was looking at over the weekend as well and it happened i guess friday hillary clinton was doing an interview with a reporter and uh she had said something to the effect of hillary or she was referring to a candidate among the people that were on that stage and they said that she said that that one of those people she has she's certain that that particular person is a russian asset and uh that that person has bots like the Russian bots are at work trying to get her to run as a third party and everything else and uh so I'm sitting there reading through all this stuff and I just wanted to bring a little bit about that to you as well because I don't know if you guys remember this but about a week ago or so I did another article based of or I did another show based upon an article that was written in the New York Times that was criticizing Tulsi Gabbard for uh, being the favorite of the white supremacists, being a Russian asset, being somebody who the far right and the right wing people love and everything else. And I said to, I said, I, I was like, during that or on that particular show, I said, listen, if somebody on the right or a libertarian likes her, it's not because of her right wing views. It's not because she's a white supremacist. It's more likely because she took a stance against the wars, and she took a stance against intervention, and she's making that a centerpiece of her campaign. It's not because she's a white supremacist or anything else like that, um, or she's a Russian asset, or she loves the Russians, or whatever. I mean, she's not even a libertarian by any means. But libertarians like her. If you listen to a lot of libertarian podcasts, they tend to like the lady because of her stance against the wars and intervention. Now she doesn't go far enough to a lot of us, but she does go into it where she makes it a centerpiece of her campaign, and we think that's great. So I've found Tulsi Gabbard, she yes, she is a favorite of the libertarians. She's a favorite of a lot of people because of the fact that we are sick of intervention. We're sick of sending kids over to foreign countries fighting for a cause that they don't believe in fighting for, you know, a a war that has been going on for 18 years now. And we just don't like it. I mean, most most libertarians are tired of this stuff. So being somebody who is going to make that the center point of her campaign, the centerpiece of her campaign, that she's going to bring those things up on stage, absolutely, absolutely somebody that we generally would support in what she's doing now obviously on the social issues she's far left she's somebody who believes in medicare for all she's someone that believes that the government should be doing a lot more than it already does so we're not concerned about that but anyway so over the weekend after all that happened with the new york times piece that was written on her about her in the new york times and then also after the debate so during the debate she said that it's despicable that the new york times is trying to do hit pieces on her for being a russian russian asset and so forth um and then you know being a soldier she thinks that that's terrible and and all that you know and you guys heard the show that i did last week but the thing that happened over the weekend i believe it was on friday Hillary Clinton was talking, and she said this. So this is going to come from an article that I read, okay? It's on TheHill.com. Gabbard hits back at Queen of Warmongers Clinton. And it says, Presidential candidate Representative Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii did not hold back Friday when responding to 2016 nominee Hillary Clinton's suggestion that she is the favorite of the Russians for 2020. She called her the queen of the warmongers and personification of the rot that has sickened the Democratic Party. Is that crazy that she'd say that? And then this is Hillary Clinton. She's the favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so far, Clinton told David Flew of the podcast campaign headquarters and the campaign manager for former President Obama in 2008. While the former first lady and New York senator didn't refer to... Gabbard by name. It was clear that she was going after the Hawaii congresswoman, who has had to repeatedly deny accusations of being a Russian asset. Is that crazy that she's being targeted or labeled a Russian asset? Like she literally is a in the military now. She stopped campaigning for a period of time so she can go serve in the military and go do some training. And they're gonna call her a Russian asset. Like it's it's despicable that you would say that about somebody in the first place. And it's just the smear campaign that they have on her because she is not towing the line. She's not doing exactly what the party tells her to do, I guess, and not bring up the wars. I don't know. Why would it, it just shows how far entrenched the deep state is and the military industrial complex is. Into politics that you cannot criticize the military interventions. You can't criticize that stuff, or they'll go after you. And you have Hillary Clinton, who is certainly going after him or going after her. And she has a huge voice, you know. Like if she says something, people believe it. And it's just terrible that she says that. So, and then this is what. So this is what happened with uh, Tulsi Gabbard. She says through a series of tweets. Gabbard went right at Clinton, calling her the embodiment of corruption among the Democratic Party establishment. And that is true. I mean, libertarians have been saying this for a long time, that Hillary Clinton is the embodiment of corruption. And let me play something for you guys, and I'll tell you exactly why uh, I think that she is a happy warmonger, okay? Yes, we came we saw he died <laughs> did it have anything to do with your visit no oh, i'm sure it did i mean what kind of narcissistic woman sits there and they're talking about Gaddafi. by the way this is after they invaded libya and uh and like the cia backed thing happened and you know you overthrow Gaddafi and he dies like, what kind of narcissistic, narcissistic person, though, uses that? We came, we saw, he died. And then she's laughing about it. Like, even if it's the most brutal dictator in the world... I mean, Gaddafi's is somebody who obviously was a bad person, a bad actor on the world stage. And probably did things to his people that were pretty terrible. But most governments do things to their people that are pretty damn terrible. You guys know that. And then the Arab Spring happens and all that and you know they overthrow Gaddafi and then he dies but like he's killed by the people in the streets and obviously she's taking credit for all that and she's laughing about it it's just to me like like if I was in the situation that Hillary Clinton's in and I'm the Secretary of State like I just don't see myself laughing about the death of anybody like, it's a, it's a human life, it's somebody that died, that was killed in the streets by his people, and clearly it was something that was backed by the American government and the CIA, and it's just the warmonger sound that she has. So, I mean, this, in a, like, to me it just seems like you have no sensitivity whatsoever, and you're just going to laugh about it, laugh about it on national TV during an interview. That is just the sickest thing to me. And yes, bad person. Gaddafi is a bad person. There's lots of bad people in the world, but I would not be laughing if they if they were killed in the streets, you know, at, you know, while I'm the one that was the person that pretty much pushed something like that through. So Tulsi Gabbard is right on point by saying the warmonger, like Hillary Clinton. I don't take the the total extreme view that some people take, like that Hillary Clinton is just this absolutely terrible person and all that. But I mean, if you look at just the history of the federal government in a lot of ways, and the things that the establishment people support, there are there are a lot of things that we've done that are just terrible across the world stage. And if you look at all the stuff that's going on in the Middle East right now, with Yemen, with the things that are going on in Syria, with the things that are going on with Iran, with the things that are going on in Iraq and Afghanistan, if we did if we did the following after 9/11, 9/11 happens, we go into the Taliban, we say give up Saddam Hussein or Osama bin Laden. Give up Osama bin Laden right now. We want him. He's taken responsibility for you know, bombing our Twin Towers. He was the mastermind behind it. There's 100 people in your country that are at a training camp, and we want access to it now, so we go in there and take him out. If we would have done that, or if we would have taken up the Taliban's offer and said, they said, you can have Osama bin Laden, but we can't turn him over directly to you. And the Bush administration, says to hell with that. But so this is what the Taliban said: we can turn them over to a third party who can then turn them over to you. So give them to Saudi Arabia, who would turn them over to us. Give them to any other country. I think there was a idea that we they'd give them give them to another. Um, I think it was like Sri Lanka or something like that. It was another Muslim country that was somewhere around the in Asia, and they would give him over to that country, and then that country would agreed to turn them over to us to be tried. And we didn't go for it. George Bush says, you know what? No, we want unconditional surrender. We want to go in there and basically take over your country. And that's what they ended up doing. They invaded the country. And then that led to Iraq. Now, we could have stayed in just Afghanistan then. As a nation, the country could have made, the, the leaders could have made a decision To just stay in Afghanistan. But George Bush pushed for war in Iraq as well. Lied us into war. You always heard that, right? Lied us into war. And a lot of people didn't believe it. But there was no weapons. The way that they presented it was that... That Saddam Hussein was a threat. That had some kind of weapons of mass destruction. Possibly even nukes. And that he was going to use them. Like they... They've had this no-fly zone throughout the entire 90s over Iraq. They're starving children in Iraq. They have this oil for food thing going on and all that so that the people can eat. But it was just a terrible scenario that was going on in Iraq at the time. And George Bush just was itching to get in there. And there's actually statements from people in the administration at the time that said that they're plan was to topple iraq libya syria iran and i think there was one other country as well at the time but the idea was to topple all those countries that were you know bad actors that weren't going along with the american empire building that we were doing at the time and the idea was to topple those regimes so that we can we just take them out out one at a time And they started with Iraq, obviously. But we could have stayed just in Afghanistan. We could have gotten Osama bin Laden, but then they wanted more. They didn't want to. They wanted to invade Iraq, so they did. But look at all the instability that's happening now. They talk about we're a stabilizing force in the Middle East. Our soldiers are a stabilizing force in the Middle East. That is not true. I don't know how somebody could look at that and say that that is a true statement. That. American forces are a stabilizing force in the Middle East. When it gives, it gives Saudi Arabia the balls to go in there and starve people in Yemen and start a bombing campaign in Yemen because we're an ally with them, it gives Turkey the balls to go into Syria now and invade Syria. Yeah, our, our troops pulled out. Turkey goes in. The... It, According to the United Nations, like, a country cannot invade another country, and that's what Turkey's doing right now, which is outside of the United Nations charter, I guess. Syria should be able to defend its own borders and so forth. But even if, I don't I mean, if if we were never in Iraq in the first place, a lot of this instability that's happening right now with ISIS originally, with all that stuff, it would have never happened. Iraq was not an unstable place under under Saddam Hussein it was not an unstable place yes it might have been a dictator he might have been a dictator yes he might have done bad things to his people but America supported him in the 80s against Iran we didn't care then I mean we take sides with very bad people all the time that does not mean we need to go in there and invade their country. Like the, you know, the, the leader of Syria, same thing. We've taken sides with bad people in the past. Does not mean we need to go invade their country just because they're a bad actor on the world stage. I don't think that... I mean, I think that what we're doing over there is terrible. And those are things that Hillary Clinton did. Like Hillary Clinton has been participatory in this entire she's been implicit in this entire scenario especially as the secretary of state as well all the things that are happening bad right now in libya that was under her direction she's the one that got that stuff started i don't know too much about her you know the the, i don't know if she's implicit in anything that's happening over in yemen right now but the idea to overthrow assad Assad must go. That comes from Hillary Clinton, too. She was a Secretary of State at that time. All that stuff that was happening, the, the Arab Spring, like I wonder if that was directed by our Secretary of State at that time, Hillary Clinton. I don't know. But she is the queen of the warmongers. That's what Gabbard said. So this is after Hillary Clinton attacks Tulsi Gabbard. This is what she says. From the day I announced my candidacy, there has been a concerted campaign to destroy my reputation," Gabbard said. "We wonder, we wondered who was behind it and why. Now we know, it was always you," she said, referring to Hillary Clinton. Gabbard challenged Hillary Clinton to join the race directly, if she's going to attack her. Yeah, because Hillary Clinton's attacking somebody directly that's in the race. She's not in the race. Then Gabbard says, or Gabbard, a member of, says. Gabbard, a member of the Hawaii National Guard and an Iraq War veteran, has faced ongoing concerns from political observers that her campaign is being amplified by Russian bots and online trolls. She has raised eyebrows with her anti-establishment foreign policy positions, especially her accusation that the U.S. engages in regime change wars and her meeting with Syrian President Bashar Assad in 2017. So, this is weird that they said this. Listen to this, ready? She raised eyebrows with her anti-establishment foreign policy positions, especially her accusations that the U.S. engages in regime change wars. Her accusations that the U.S. engages in regime change wars. How is Afghanistan not a regime change war? We went in there, we had the chance to have Osama bin Laden... But instead we went in there and said, we're going to free these people. We're going to make it so the women can vote and the women can have freedom. We're going to change the regime to a more liberalized regime. That's essentially what we said and we put our people in there in place. The idea was, oh yeah, they got to vote. I mean, you always saw those pictures of people coming out with the ink blots on their hands. Like, oh yeah, they got to vote. No, they got to vote for who America said they can vote for, essentially. Like, how is that not regime change wars? How is Afghanistan, uh, which is completely unstable still, a government that has very little control over the entire country except for the fact that our soldiers are over there helping to keep the peace, but the Taliban still pretty much runs most of that country, quite a bit of it, and we're about to turn power over to the Taliban, so we might as well not have gone in there in the first place. Blood was spilt of American soldiers in vain in some ways because of that but that doesn't mean we should stay there to keep on fighting to put, keep these people in power no that that's not the way that that country works the people don't care they just want to be left alone in some ways back in their backwoods areas and the taliban comes in and tells them what to do a little bit and they'll do it i mean it's to me how is that not a regime change war though that's my point afghanistan or not afghanistan sorry iraq we went in there and invaded that country because they supposedly had weapons of mass destruction, so we needed to get rid of Saddam Hussein. We'd overthrew that government, got rid of that government. I think they even put in a government that is like the same Muslim group. Like, I think there's like two different types of Muslims, right? Sunnis and Shiites. And I don't know exactly who it was that was the Iraq who, who um, Saddam Hussein was, I don't know if, he, he was just like one of those people that wasn't, he was more of a secular dic- dictator. He wasn't really like super strong religion or religious, but he was a different, from a different group than the ones in Iran. But now the government in Iraq is sympathetic to Iran. So, but we put those people in power. The ones that are the ones that Iran would sympathize with, the ones that would be allies with Iran, we put them in power. That's why Iran was invading Iraq back in the early '80s. Was to put their type, someone that's sympathetic to them in power, someone that is of their religion in power, of their religious group, into power in in, in Iraq. That's what they were fighting for. That's why America supported iraq in that war they were trying to get rid of the secular dictator and now that's what we have in iraq how is that not regime change you go in there you invade a country you take out their people that the people that or you take out their leader and then you put someone new in that's sympathetic to america supposedly but they've done everything they can to try to limit us over there as well But that's regime change. How is Libya not regime change? How is Barack Obama saying Assad must go? How is that not regime change? How is that not instigating regime change? A lot of these places, like, it's just, we try to have all that control over there. Hillary Clinton, she is a warmonger. She's the warmonger in chief, is what Tulsi Gabbard says. I thought that was so or the queen of the warmongers, sorry. I thought that was such a, such a nice, I mean, it, it was for her to say that to Hillary Clinton of all people, like that takes a lot of balls. It really does. But I'm glad she did because it's, uh, it's very important that um, that we call people out for what they are so that, the, the, so that you can lift that veil from people's eyes and let them see these politicians for what they are. Now, that's going to be an extreme view, and a lot of people won't believe. Oh, Hillary Clinton, she's such a great person and all that. But, I mean, the Democrats have officially become the, a war party, along with the neocon, neocons and so forth. They all hate the fact that Donald Trump is trying to end these wars, which I don't really think that he's really trying to end these wars. I think it's more propaganda than anything else to get people that agree with that to back him, it's not like he's ending the wars. He had, he put I think 14,000 more soldiers in the Middle East than there were like two years ago or something like that, and he's help, helping to support Saudi Arabia. Like, it's just... Uh, so, I don't think that he's really doing anything It's more propaganda. It's more him saying it to get people to agree with him. Like me, I was like, yeah, that's great. It sounds great, but if you really look into it deeper, he's not really... Ending the wars overseas by any means But he's going to say that Because it sounds good And it gets people excited about the idea But you know If that's really where his heart is at That's great I'll support him in those things I do I think it's important But the Democrats are going to fight him at every turn And it just shows Hillary Clinton The queen of the warmongers It shows I just thought that was interesting That's what I wanted to bring you guys today I know I kind of stumbled and all that, because I was just trying i i don't know the i don't know all the ins and outs of everything that goes on in the Middle East. I wish I was a lot more versed on all of the intricacies of it if you really want to find something that is versed on those intricacies of the Middle East though, listen to the Scott Horton show, okay. I always talk about him i haven't really mentioned that show in a while, but if you want to know the intricacy of the Middle East, if you want to know. From the very beginning to the end about what goes on in the Middle East, Scott Horton is your guy. Look him up. He has a book on um, Amazon called "Time to End the, or uh, Fool's Errand: Time to End the War in Afghanistan." and it actually goes through quite a bit about the war from like 1979 on and why Osama bin Laden wanted to attack America. And a lot of the, I mean, he is just well researched in that book, and I read it. And I wish I was as affluent, like able to communicate that message as well as him. But if you really want to understand those things, that's that's what you should do. But I just want to let you guys know what Tulsi Gabbard and uh, Hillary Clinton were uh, griping back and forth about. Um, I like the fact that Tulsi Gabbard is standing up for herself because she does not need to be. I, I actually think it's going to help her out to have that, that, that criticism from Hillary Clinton, because it makes her more of a legitimate candidate, and it actually th- shows that she's a threat to them. Now, I think what Hillary Clinton means when she says this is that she thinks that Tulsi Gabbard is going to end up running as a third-party candidate, maybe against, maybe she'll be a third-party candidate, and that's going to pull votes away from the Democrat. That's the fear that she has. And maybe she thinks that somehow the Russian bots are going to get in there and try to get people to vote third party so that they won't vote for the Democrat, Uh, that they'll help keep Trump in office maybe. I don't know what her thought process is. But Tulsi Gabbard definitely is not a Russian asset. She's not somebody – I mean, I think it's just terrible that you would blame somebody for that. Um, But Hillary Clinton, she – does not need to be talking because she is the person that has a lot of people's blood on her hands when it comes to what happened in libya and in syria and other places under her watch so uh but hey guys i appreciate you coming out and listening every single day to the show monday through friday uh this is ion 2020 and i hopefully it's become your source for the news the events the things that go on in the 2020 election um I try to bring this show to you guys Monday through Friday, and I'll keep on doing that through November 2020, okay? If you'd like to, you can go ahead and follow me on, I it's IonTheEmpire.com, and I, there I just post some news articles I find and stuff. Uh, if you want to check out IonTheEmpire on Facebook and Twitter, you can do that as well. You could also email me, Ray at IonTheEmpire.com. Uh, and also, something that I would really appreciate is if you guys would go out there and leave me a five-star rating and review. If you do that now, I would certainly appreciate that. Uh, five-star ratings help out a lot. I've gotten a couple of one-star ratings in the last couple of days. Just, I think, I mean, I was I was thinking about it, and it's like, if I am criticizing Donald Trump, then a Trump supporter is going to give me a one-star rating and a bad review. If I'm criticizing Hillary Clinton, someone that loves Hillary Clinton is going to give me a one-star rating, right? If I criticize Elizabeth Warren or Andrew Yang, boom, one-star rating. Like, their followers get excited about their these campaigns. So I'm, I am an equal opportunity criticizer. I criticize the right and the left. And because of that, since most people are either right or left that are listening to the show, they're uh, not listening to this show, but listen to podcasts, most people are right or left, and they've chosen their sides, Right. Then I am have every opportunity to get one star ratings, and uh, so if you guys, being supporters of the show and people that really enjoy the show, if you guys will get out and give me a five star rating, that would be phenomenal. All right, uh, but then if you don't, well, hey, keep on tuning in by subscribing, and then come back tomorrow, so that you could have clear vision for twenty twenty. okay it's official first year in sales with Ray Eaton the website is up firstyearinsales.com as well as the podcast first year in sales so if you know somebody or if you happen to be in sales you might as well go ahead and check this thing out right because it is going to help you become a better salesperson by grounding you with the habits and the skills needed to be successful in sales especially in your first year but Even if you're not in your first year, might as well check it out because then you'll be able to get back to the basics and getting back to the basics is key in sales. I've always felt that way. So go ahead and check it out. First year in sales is ready and it's a podcast and you can do firstyearinsales.com.